Yeah. Uh, brother is tired. All right, it says it's recording. Yeah. One second. All right. Let me just remind myself what episode this is. I think it's 38. Yeah, that's what the. All right. Tweet Talk, episode 38. It's lit. Episode Kwame Brown. Kwame yeah. Brown, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's one for the ages. One of the um, busts of the century. Yep. Number one pick. He was a number one pick, right? Straight out of high school. I guess so. Yeah. Yep. Big time bus. Speaking of the NBA, sort of. Now they shut down the season. Couldn't believe it when I saw that one. I don't understand what's going on with that stuff, man. It's it's a lot of hype. It's a lot of hysteria. And it's not a lot of proof. It's not like your next door neighbor has coronavirus. It's like, it's just people talking, but we don't actually know of anybody like you can't spot somebody in your family with coronavirus, but you might know somebody with diabetes. You <laughs> might know somebody with uh, maybe even unfortunately cancer or breast cancer who might've passed away. But like we're over here shutting down the whole world for something nobody really even knows exists. It's kind of interesting to me. <clears throat> or we can't see the actual physical effects of it. Hmm. Crazy. Well, let's get into this, man. Um, so today, you said, if you don't have money to rehab the home, still buy it. If you don't have all the cash to finish the rehab, still start that rehab. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a principle that after a mom myself of because we're in the process of starting a rehab and. Um, The money was there in the beginning when we started with another contractor and he kind of ran off with some of the money and he lied and said he was sending the money. He was like, I put this in the mail. It's in the mail. And I wait a week and I'm like, bro, like it hasn't come. He was like, Oh, that's because they didn't sign for it. He's like, I'm going to send it back. And I was like, all right, send it to this address. Nothing comes. Um, but so basically we had to kind of count as a loss. And so our budgets are a little bit off of whack what we brought in to fund the rehab and what we have to do the rehab aren't the same number. And so when we did the Oakman house, we kind of had the same thing. It's like, we just had to press through because what happens with rehab budgets is there's what you plan for. And there's what there really is. A lot of people on the outside don't understand this. A lot of newbie investors don't understand this, but when you do rehab, it always costs more. It always takes longer and it's always way more difficult. Newbie investors are like, the rehab estimate said 20 grand. So that means it should be 20 grand. Like, no, it might actually be 28 grand. And that doesn't mean that you're ignorant because it comes in at 28 grand. It means that that's how real estate works. So anyway, basically my point is that like, I got a good number and I'm at a point where like, I recently just paid off a bunch of credit card debt. But the reason why is because I had to put a, a roof on that credit card, $6,000 on a roof and probably some other stuff. And I bought a house with that credit card. 
because, and it's funny because the house we're doing the rehab one is house I bought with that credit card. But the, the thing is, is like you find money. So when we first started doing the rehab, I didn't have a credit card that I could absorb a roof on. And then we're in the middle of doing the work. And then I get a credit card limit increase or something crazy or a new card comes in. I'm like, all right, cool. I can put this, this roof on there. And then that, and the, and the job gets done. But if I sat back and waited, we would have never, ever gotten started. And so my thing is always like getting people to get started because getting started is the most difficult piece. People don't realize it's the most difficult piece, but it is. Most people procrastinate. They talk themselves out of it. They say what they would do later. My parents are great at doing this. Oh, well, you know, after tax season, I'll do it. Oh, well, after I'm school, I'll do it. Oh, well, after the kids' graduation, I'll do it. I'm like, no, do it now. The reason why I do so much is because I never allow anything to get in the way of me starting. I would rather be working on eight projects than working on one project and procrastinating on seven. And so for me, it's like, I'm just going to stack it. We don't get it done. It might not get done um, fast, but it's going to be getting worked on. And so that's basically, and also, um, Aisha had posted something about like, that's kind of what she does. She's like, if you can find assets for pennies, gobble them up and then figure out what you're going to do with them later. And so we actually have some inventory. We have a three family, we also have a two family, we also have a commercial space that were just good deals. And so we bought them knowing that we'll be able to figure out what we're going to do with them later. So it's like buy assets, figure out the rest later. I have a mentor and he says he never buys a house unless he knows if, unless he already has the money to rehab it in hand. And I don't necessarily agree with that statement because a lot of times people are thinking like they have to have an actual rehab budget, not really realizing that like sometimes the cash flow from your rental properties can be that rehab budget. And that's what Aisha does. Like instead of spending the rental income that she's getting, which is like 30 grand a month, she's using it to renovate her property. And that's what we tell people that that first property is the most difficult because the first property is all on you. That second property, the third property, and now you got some property behind you helping you push it forward. So get started, get that rehab rolling. Because like Greg mentioned, it's like once you own the house, it's a different conversation. You own the house and you're going to a lender, you're saying, hey, I own this and I'm looking for financing to get it done versus I'm thinking about buying this, what can we do? The conversation is just different. Just get moving and resources will find you. 100%. It's kind of like what I was talking about with just like the, 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 um, and I, I also think that in a lot of instances, when you're moving, you start to key in on what you really have. A lot of people, they overlook the money that they have. I was listening to somebody and it wasn't even an African-American person. It might've been a Caucasian person. He was saying, he's like, man, we got the money to do this stuff. We're just spending it on everything else. And so like when you have the asset, you tend to kind of key in on what you have. You tend to, to stop taking things for granted. You tend to stop letting pennies slip through your fingers and you start putting money in the right spots. Hmm. Right, so you said not letting other people tell you who you are or what you are capable of is my superpower. And that goes for everyone, no matter how dope they are or how successful they are. My opinion of, my, of myself and belief in me always trumps all outside noise. Yeah, um, I feel like it's so key because a lot of times people who are dope will try to kind of deem themselves the person who can determine if you're dope. And I don't necessarily agree with that statement. I don't care who they are. I don't care if you are bringing in $30,000 a month 
I don't care who you are, no matter what, I always feel that I'm the person who de- determined that I'm dope. And an example is um, Jay Morrison. So like in the beginning, when I reached out to Jay Morrison, he kind of wasn't like, he didn't really rock with it. He didn't, he didn't just hop on it. But I had to choose myself. I had to still deem myself worthy to keep pushing everything I was doing forward without a cosign from him. There's people out there who will put somebody on a pedestal. And if that person says, like, nah, you're not it, like, then they're like, well, I guess I'm not it. Like, no, like, I'm it because I said I'm it. And people are finicky, man. The same people that are rocking with you will soon not be rocking with you. The same people who aren't rocking with you will soon be fans. And so I feel like it's kind of, it's kind of, in a sense, the choose yourself mantra at the end of the day man like i just have so much faith in me that i'm not tripping off of what anybody says about who i am or what i can do because you got to realize like i've been getting slandered my whole life i've been getting people saying that i'm this and that and i'm not this i'm not that they're my whole life and you have to see through and you have to see what you really see for yourself and i don't know that's just how i feel and it's worked out and it's like jay-z said he said I've been real all my life. They confuse it with conceit. And I just feel like I'm just real with myself. And I, I think a lot of it came from when I was being raised. I was always told that I was dope. I was always told that I was great. And so you go into the world and they try to humble you. And they try to tell you that you aren't these things and you can't do these things. And I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense because my whole life I've been told that I'm great and, I'm, and I can do whatever I want to do. So there must be something wrong with the world because what I believe in myself and what y'all are saying, there's a disconnect. Um, so I feel like, especially in the African-American community, we try to kind of diminish people and we try to like disqualify them. And I've even seen this person. It's like people will get into a disagreement with me and they'll automatically try to reduce you to nothing as if you don't have a JD, as if you don't have an MBA, as if you don't have a degree in finance, as if you don't have all the credentials behind you, like I'm far from nothing, but we disagree on wholesaling. We disagree on Bitcoin. All of a sudden I'm nothing. And then you continue to produce results. You continue to get success because what they say doesn't matter. What they believe doesn't matter. What they're trying to label you doesn't matter. All that matters is, are you putting points on the board? Are you out there hustling? Are you out there working? Are you out there pushing? Are you out there producing? Are you out there creating? And I'm gonna keep doing it, whether they like it or not, whether they can endorse it or not, whether they agree or not, whether they give me a cosign or not, I'm gonna still put it out there because I just don't put anybody above me at all. It doesn't matter who they are. Yeah, you. You said blow your go- blow your goals up, talk bigger, even if they call you a clown. <laughs> so, at the end of in the beginning of the year, I said I wanted to make two hundred fifty thousand dollars this year, and I didn't even think that was possible. I was just talking, and I looked at like my total for online sales, and I'm like, bro, like we're in month three, and I'm damn close, like just been pushing it in actuality if you include my working income plus the rental income i might already hit that number but before um before i bought my wife's second ring i wrote down on paper like i want to spend ten thousand dollars cash on a ring and i never like i was like where am i going to get ten thousand dollars from i don't know that's going to happen and i started trading stocks started flipping stocks and then I made 20 grand and then I just broke them off 10 grand in cash just to get this ring. I'd never thought it would be, it would be possible. 
my parents, when they bought my mom's ring, I think they might've paid like five to $7,000 for it. And I was like, I just didn't think it was possible. And there was another thing that I wrote down. I was just writing down all these goals. And what I found is like, you get what you write down, you get what you say, you get what you meditate on. And so you've got to make sure that you're meditating on the right things and not meditating on ignorant things and not meditating, not meditating on, um, like negative things. Cause a lot of people, they'll speak limitations over themselves and say, we can't do that. That's not possible. They ain't going to let us do that. And then that's what you get. You get a bunch of not possibles and what people aren't going to let you do. And it just, it's amazing because this year I did my vision board differently where I did it kind of the Doug Depp way. I made categories. And then instead of just finding pictures, I wrote down what I wanted. I said, I want to get the vending machine route before we got the vending machine route. I said, I wanted to get, um, I think I might've said, I said, I wanted to get all my credit cards below 50%, even though I didn't think that was possible at all. Cause like I said, I had a roof on there. I had a house on there. I had a lot of stuff on that on those credit cards. And now we're in March and I've hit that goal. All my credit cards are below 50%. And that's a big number, Raphael. That's over $15,000. I had like $30,000 in credit card debt and I paid over $20,000 off in like the last month. All my credit cards, it just magically happens for you. And so I don't know why it is. Like even like two years ago, I said, I want to make $120,000 this year. And I got to 120. I didn't think it was possible, but I got to 120. And so this year it's like 250 and now we get there. So I think that we got to be careful of what we're manifesting and what we're putting out into this world because so many of us, all we ever talk about is what we can't do, what's not possible, what's too hard, what they ain't going to let us do. And that's what we get. We just continue to get more of that. And then not only that, then you got to also blow up what you want. Talk about what you want. Write down what you want, not what you think you can get. So you got to be out there and you got to say, you know what? I want to crack a million this year and really believe it. And then you'll start to see things start to flow your way. But that's just kind of where I am. Um, I just, I've been realizing that there, and I've always kind of known this, like when you have that vision board, you tend to get what you put on that vision board, man. So now I'm like, what else can I get? What else can I write down and manifest? Right. You think you went too small last year? Um, I mean, when you see that you hit, you actually hit the stuff you wanted, does it make you think like, man, I should have asked for more? I don't know. No, I was just happy that I did it because at that point in time, it was a reach. Like, gotcha. to just be out of law school and to hit that without passing the bar yet, I, I thought that was kind of impressive amongst all the other things that I wrote down. But it's just, people take that for granted. If I say something, you aren't going to really, really grasp that I said I write down things that I don't think are possible and they happen for me. The things that I want to happen, literally they're out of touch, or maybe I might think they're out of touch, but they're not out of touch, then they happen. Like just breaking off 10 grand on a ring cash, not financing, not a loan, not any of that stuff. And actually it was more than, it actually cost more than 10 grand. We just, we were able to, yeah. So I, don't, I want people to really grasp that. Like in two months, I knocked down $15,000 in credit card debt. And actually, all those credit cards we paid off this week, I literally have got that number down to zero. Wow, so I just, I think it's crazy. Now we're over here like, let's get these student loans out of here. So, and I'm not even worried about that. I definitely know that'll happen. But I just, I think it's really important to grasp that. Yeah, 
Okay. All right, so you got two tweets here. You said, when you work for yourself, you can live life at a higher level. And you said, when you realize that business equals sales, you will start making real money. <laughs> so, um, um, man, I don't know who I want to start with, but I would say business equaling sales. Um, one of the things that I realized is, and it came from working in the firm that I work in now, this guy markets like crazy. He has commercials, he has flyers, he has backpacks, mugs, pins, billboards. He literally has his face everywhere and he's unashamed about it. He markets his face off. And there's a reason why he's successful because he markets his face off. And a lot of us think that a business is the product or a service. We think having the best product or a service is gonna make our business successful. And I realize that is not the case. We spend so much time out there trying to make sure we have the best customer experience and the best product. And we don't spend enough time acquiring the customer in the first place. It's like Grant Cardone says, he says, customer service is the wrong product or target. Customer acquisition is the right uh, target. And so I kind of just went crazy. And like I said before, I was like, I would rather somebody think I'm annoying and then want to mute me or even unfollow me, then my child not be able to live the life that he wants because his dad played it too small. And so one thing you'll find is that once you start doing it, you're actually going to get more followers. The more you put yourself out there and what you can do, you're going to get more followers. And if you lose followers, you're only going to gain even more followers. In fact, if somebody doesn't support my business and what I'm promoting, I don't even want them following me. I don't even want them in my circle. If you don't want me out there promoting myself and getting money for myself, I don't want you in my circle. So that's one thing. The other, what was that other tweet? When you work for yourself, you can live life at a higher level. So I took off a few weeks and I was studying for the bar. And I was in fear the whole time because I was like, how am I going to be able to survive? Where is the money going to come from? And I was just hitting it. I was hustling. I was running sales. I was promoting it. I was putting it out there. And I made a lot of money. So in making a lot of money, I was able to do a lot of things. One of those was paying off all the credit card debt. The other was going to San Diego and literally doing whatever we wanted to do. We want to go to a play, we go to a play. We want to go to this restaurant, we go to a restaurant. We want to stay at this hotel, we stay in this hotel. We want to go to Louis, we go to Louis. Like literally doing whatever I want to do because I didn't have a boss because I, I had no limit on my income, meaning that I was able to make unlimited amounts of income. And what I realized is like, I didn't get there when I was working for other people. And I've been working for other people my whole life. But how come the two weeks that I take off and I work for myself, now I'm over here living the dream. Now I'm over here living life at a higher level, Ubering, whatever you want to do. And it's because your job is stealing your wealth. And they're making you think that they're doing you a favor. They're taking all your money. They're taking all your time. They're taking all your energy. They're taking all your intellect. They're kicking you a few bucks. And they want you to be happy about it. I know you're going to ask about this tweet, but about the bonus, 
I just, I just, I realized I was like, like today, today I ran some sales on Instagram through other people's platforms, paid them a little bit of money and I made two months worth of income in one day, one day. And it makes you look at the job like, how dare you guys? Like you're telling me I'm worth this, but I just generated this. That doesn't make any sense. If that's what I was worth, then I would only be able to generate X. And it can kind of be frustrating, but I'm kind of using it as motivation. And the real goal is it's just to continue to turn it into passive income. Because the goal is to take the massive income, turn it into passive income, and then be in position to completely eliminate the job, but do it comfortably, not do it and be scared the whole time. So I just realized like, I think that's it. When you work for other people, they steal your money. They live at a high level and you live at a low level. And I put in a tweet earlier and I was talking about how like the reason why the African-American community is in poverty is because we all work for other people. We're getting robbed. Don't even realize we're getting robbed. And it's just bad out here, especially in California. I know in other parts of the country, they might be getting paid better, but in California, they don't exactly pay people what they're worth, but it, it costs a crazy amount of money to live here. But I think the real crux is I just realized that in me working or me working for myself those two weeks, I was able to make an abundance of money and, and making so that was all that money. I was able to live at a high level and not live at a level where you're going to Louis Vuitton and you're like putting on a credit card or going to Louis Vuitton and you worked all your saving, like going to Louis Vuitton, you're just casually like, all right, put that over there, put that over there, put that over there, like that kind of stuff. Or going to the restaurant, like, oh, order that, order that, order that. And oh yeah, add that. Like an actual level of comfort that you'll never get from your job, ever going to get it from your job. And it actually just motivates me to even do even more stuff and to free myself from the job sooner because I realized the value in me. I realized like as soon as I get my time, like that, the weeks that I was, I took off for the bar, I was driving around just looking at projects, looking at like vacant land that I could turn into some stuff, looking at the stuff in downtown that I could turn into stuff instead of going to the office, doing the stupid stuff they want me to do, working on different projects that are stupid. They're just doing to pass the time so we can settle the case. Like I could be legit building what's my family, but instead I'm over here like just doing discovery or writing a motion that's going to get denied. It's just, it's busy work and it's bullshit. And we're just doing it for a paycheck. And it's frustrating because you could be really out there building some legacy out there. But instead, we're just, we're just, we're giving away our wealth for security. We're giving away our wealth so we don't have to worry about being homeless. When as long as you're productive, you'll never be homeless. Yeah, not only did you generate all that income, but you were studying for the bar at the same time and getting ready for the Black Man Building Wealth Conference, right? Exactly, exactly. Which allowed me to then give away a bunch of money to other businesses. The crazy thing about it is when you start working for yourself, you just help more people. Like when I was off those two weeks of work, people were like, oh man, I have questions about this. And I, I just got them on the phone with them. Like, all right, this is what it means. This is what it means. And then when I'm back working, I get all these people like, oh man, let's talk about this. I'm like, I just, I don't have the time, man. Like I normally I could get on the phone, but I can't. So if I don't have a job, all I'm going to do is help more black folks make money. Like that's my sole business model is help black folks make money, help black people build wealth. So that means if I'm not working for other men, then all I'm doing is helping more black people make more money. Like that's crazy. It's kind of like the dream. Mm. And that's another reason why we're broke because we work for other people 
because we can't even really fulfill our true purpose. We can't. Sure, most of our productive time is spent working for somebody else. Mm-hmm. You said stop saving, start creating. Um, I, I, I just, I don't know. I don't really know the premise of that, but I have a feeling that it had something to do with realizing how much more money you can make when you create stuff and you put it out into the world as opposed to going to work and then trying to save the little bit of money that they give you. Um, it's a lot easier to create $10,000 than it is to save $10,000. It's a lot easier to create wealth than it is to save wealth. And I was talking to somebody and we were at lunch and I was telling them like, you create, like you can make a thousand dollars two ways. You can work 40 hours at $25 an hour, or you can sell a $100 product 10 times. What do you think is easier to do? To sell the product. It actually takes no effort. In fact, you can do it when you're asleep. In fact, you probably will do it when you're asleep. Or you could just do it by sending a bunch of tweets. And so what I did is I started taking the same amount of energy that I was using to work jobs and I started putting it into my business. And that's it. It's the same energy. It just has a different amount of leverage. I just got two sales and I'm talking to you, Raphael. Let me see. <laughs> In the past 10 minutes, I got two sales. 10 minutes at 10.30 at night, Raphael. Like, that's crazy. When you start looking at money like that, it'll change your whole mind. In 10 minutes, two sales. That's a whole day of work. You can go to work and make $30 an hour for eight hours and make 200 bucks. And the crazy part about it is statistically, most folks don't make $30 an hour, Raphael. That's true. They're not paying us that much money. It's definitely over the median, at least for black folk anyway, for sure. Probably, so for, every, probably for everybody, actually. Making money by exchanging time for money, exchanging time for hours is stupid. My only goal is to get more products and sell it. In fact, I got a bag downstairs from, from China. Hopefully it doesn't have coronavirus. Um, of which I'm going to be creating my own kind of like bag line. So like, I just, I, my only goal is get more product, period. Not work more hours. I'm, I'm over the working hours for money stuff. Ocean views. Okay. You said we lose because we make our kids lose. And you said a lot of folks aren't sitting on generational wealth. They are sitting on generational support. A lot of black people get sabotaged. They get they kick you out and make it difficult. They made you struggle because, quote unquote, I did it and I turned out fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of self-explanatory. But I feel like in a lot of instances, sometimes African-American parents are jealous of their children. They're jealous that they have a better life than them. So much so, that they will try to make it so they don't have a better life than them. And they'll kind of borderline sabotage them. And it's unfortunate. Um, but what I really brought that up for and why I bring up a lot of things 
is to let us know that we're in control of our destiny and that there's not these market forces out there and there's not these mythical beings that are holding us down. So I know like all we have to do to get a better life is just change what we're doing. That's it. That's why I bring it up because all I'm saying is nobody else has to change. All that has to change is us. And if we change, we'd be good. Problem is we don't want to change. We're comfortable because it's a lot easier to say racism than it is to go and start a business or it is to go work another job or it is to save your money. And so just what I've realized is like a lot of times, like parents aren't the most accommodating. If they don't kick you out of the house, a lot of times they make it so it's uncomfortable living in the house and that you want to leave. They don't treat you like an adult. They still treat you like a child. And then they're like, well, it's only enough space for two, one adult in this house. If you don't want to listen to my rules, you can leave. Like, that's stupid. A lot of people are out there leaving their house at 18. They can't afford life, getting bad credit. They end up doing stupid stuff. And now they're effed over for like a decade and they have to take a whole decade to get their life together. I just feel like we got to do more to put our, our children on the next level. And it doesn't require you to be rich. It just requires you to be supportive. If you guide and if you're there and if you're present and if you give them wisdom and if you co-sign on loans or if you do all these different, like we should be doing whatever it takes to get our kids to the next level, not throwing them out to the world and saying good luck. And that's what happens a lot of times. It's more so like uh, you'll figure it out and you're putting them out there and they're competing at a complete disadvantage because every single other community has backing. It's not that their parents are just throwing money at their problems. It's no, like their parents are actually spending time with them. Their parents are actually doing things to help them get ahead. It's not just money. Uh, so if I understand you correctly, that, I mean, uh, we always talking about we got to um, build wealth so we can put our kids in position. But you're saying like, even if you don't have material wealth per se, there's still something you have to offer the, to your kids to put them in. 100%. Place. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I feel like one of the main things that as a wealth generation generator is really just two-parent homes. You don't got to be a rich dad. Mm-hmm. You just got to be a present dad. A lot of people, women specifically, think that a man has to be rich in order to be worth something. When no, like, if that was the case then he couldn't have got you pregnant in the first place. If that was the case, then only rich semen can get you pregnant. No, like general semen can get you pregnant because a general man is going to be sufficient to raise that child. Is it helpful if he's a productive man? If he's somebody out there making something of himself? Absolutely. But he don't got to be balling to add value to your family. That's one of the biggest things that frustrates me is like, you'll have people say like, oh, he only, he makes less money than me, so therefore he's not necessary. Like, does he make some money? Is he adding some value to the family? Is he trying to aspire to more? If you make 80 and he makes 50, is 130 more than 80? Or is it less? Let me know. Because I think 130 is more. Somebody put out a tweet and he was like, yeah, I don't make 100,000. And my wife doesn't make 100,000, but collectively we make 100,000. And collectively, we were able to pay off our debts and we were able to do all these great things. And of course, it wasn't an African-American person. It was a white dude. But like, that's the thing. That's what frustrates me. It's like, we're so focused on 
looking good as opposed to just being good. We're so focused on being a brag to our friends as opposed to just getting to the goal. Like if you get to the goal, who does it matter who paid more, who paid less or who paid it all? I feel like a lot of people, they put on for other people. Like a lot of people when they're talking about their standards of dating on Twitter, it's not because that's really their standard. That's because they want people to look at them like, oh yeah, she got somebody out there paying $200 for her date. It's like, no, she doesn't. She might not even be going on dates. She might be going out to all this, all this stuff with her friends. But like, I, I just feel like we, li- we, ha- we have a show culture, not a success culture. So we look good, but we ain't really out there looking being good. Right. All right, I just, it's kind of like a big change of topic, but um, today I went to a first, a first home buyer seminar and just, I just happened to see it, just happened to see it at random. I said, nah, let me just go. And it turns mm-hmm. out the guy, the guy that was running it said he works with, um, does a lot of work with DJ Envy and Caesar. He's a mortgage mm-hmm. originator. Okay. He does, so he doesn't go out with them on the seminars and stuff, but he does work with them getting the mortgages and stuff. And I thought it was interesting. I'm glad I went. And for people listening, it's like you said earlier, people don't realize what they have. And sometimes you don't know how good a position you are in until you really talk to somebody. I heard people say that before, go to a mortgage specialist and see where you are. See where you really stand. Some people out there saying my credit is bad, but they haven't checked their credit in three years. Right. <clears throat> like see what is going on. And if if it is bad, get a plan together and move forward. And the guy at the running the seminar, he did a, he did a lot of talking about multifamily. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah, it's funny. And then they came home and it was this is a Batman building web conference. And I listened to um, Julian Gordon's part. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, man, this guy was bringing fire. And he said, how is it that the homeless person sleeping on a bench has the same number of keys as you if you're a renter? I was like, damn. <laughs> he was rough. Julian is dope. Yeah. Just, if you're listening, check out Julian Gordon and his whole multifamily movement. Man. Check that out. Moving on to the next, probably the last tweet. You said, honestly, if you are four going into debt, and I, before I even say this, I noticed a lot of people didn't seem to realize what the heck you were saying. <laughs> like, I was trying to figure out a way to say it. I typed that tweet multiple times, and after I posted it, I was like, I probably could have even written that better. Yeah, but you said, honestly, if you are four, maybe it was too long. If you are four going into debt, paying college professors who don't own businesses to learn business, but against paying actual business owners and investors a few bucks to teach how they do it in real life, we are not the same. People didn't, people did not catch that one. I think some people did, but not. I feel like a lot of people did get it. It it, it got a lot of likes on Instagram. I posted it on Instagram, it got like over a thousand likes. Mm. Um, I, I probably could have phrased it better. I think the um, people that I think most of the people that got it weren't the people that needed to read it. <laughs> <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know. I just what I, I'm fine. I, I kind of gave it some thought, and I was like, dang, like 
folks are really out here going into debt. And I, I was one of those people. I have, a, I have a, a business degree. But, like, none of our professors own businesses. Mm-hmm. Like, none of them. But Chris owns a business. Erica owns a business. I own a business. Andre owns a business. And people are giving them a hard time. And they actually are business people. And they're teaching you business. And the crazy part about it is they give you actionable steps. People have taken my course and have made money the next day. I've taken, I've taken, I, I watched Chris's $50 course and I've, I've made way over 50 bucks. So it's just crazy because even, even the trucking course, Erica took the, the trucking course, paid like 400 bucks and she has 12 trucks. Yeah. So I think we got to recalibrate our thinking because I feel like in a lot of ways, what they're really paying for is that, that paper, that paper that says there's somebody, not the actual paper in their bank account that says there's somebody, the paper that they can show to the world and says, Hey, look, I am somebody. And I've done that. I'm like, Oh, look, I'm, I'm a lawyer. I am somebody. And you know, in a lot of ways, maybe we were conditioned to be like that. And we were just following what the sheeps were kind of leading us into. But now that we know better, I think we should be investing more in courses and getting that knowledge than we are into getting another degree. Or even if you're not a degree person, invest that knowledge. People will come at you and they'll say, oh, I could have learned this on YouTube. Like, no, you couldn't have. Because <laughs> the difference between like what's on YouTube and what is you're learning in a course is on YouTube, it's informative. In a course, it's with a purpose. And that purpose is to make you money. So I'm not teaching you everything you need to know about options. I'm teaching you how to make money in options. That's two different things. I can run through a whole bunch of definitions. I can point out a bunch of different stuff. I'm not focused on that. I'm focused on how I took this strategy and used it to make money. And so I'm saying like, I did this, 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 this. If you do this, 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 not only will you know what it all is, but you'll know how to use it to make money. It's kind of like real estate. You can know what a house is. You can know what a mortgage is. But until you know what that MAO formula looks like, you don't know anything because then you're just buying stuff at market. Until you know what to say to a distressed seller, until you even know to approach a distressed seller. We overlook that. Like The only reason why I really have confidence in real estate is because I took the Jay Morrison course. I've wa- I watched so much YouTube videos. So much YouTube videos. And it puts it all together so much so that it lets you eliminate all the noise because if you don't take a course, if you don't sit down and actually have somebody teach it to you, then there's so much, there's a vast amount of information out there that you'll never really feel confident because there's just so much. Mm. And so you'll say, well, well, what does this mean? Well, what does that mean? What does that like? That's not relevant. Don't even look at that. You don't need to know that to make money. You don't need to know what interest rates mean to make money. But if you, if you haven't gotten that education, then you're going to think that everything matters. You're looking at everything like a squirrel. So I just, I just feel like people got to really take into consideration what they could be getting if they actually invest in successful business owners, as opposed to just investing in trying to get everything for free. You know, Julian don't like that free stuff, man. <laughs> uh, I can tell people, man, it, it must be so common. These people um, not wanting to pay. Like I put, I myself, I put out a tweet, the other day and that 
tweet went super viral. That thing went crazy. Yeah, I saw that. I never had anything go anywhere near that that crazy. And I, I said, gonna, put an affiliate link underneath that or something. I did. I put yours. Oh, dope. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, for those of you that didn't catch it, I said, if you don't at least have a library card, don't complain about people, quote unquote, not sharing game. You couldn't be bothered to go get a free card at a whole building full of free game. Like, cut it out, man. Stop it with the free game stuff. Man. Yep. Folks be lying, man. Folks be lying. Well, we're going to bring this to an end. So, people, we said, man, talk bigger, blow up your goals. Um, work on creating stuff for yourself. If you've got you've got money goals you want to hit, um, you want to savings goals, start creating. Generate your own income. Work yourself out of that job, or at least work yourself to a point where the job isn't your only source of income, and you're not stressing over it. You could just leave and go to another one if you want to, and not have to go starving, pay for game. And we're going to end it with one last tweet from Charles. You got to take risks, keep going, never quit. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. Charles is at Todd Bailey, T-O-D-D-B-I-L-L-I. Follow me, Raphael, at Work Money Life. Follow us on Instagram at Tweet Talk Podcast. Charles is at Partner with Millie and at Todd.Capital. What else we want to remind them of, Charles? You, you know, we got Donald the Voice doing all the hard work these days, so we don't got to do much. We just got to record this content and be out. So we out. <laughs> Peace. All right, cool. Oh, one question. Yep.